1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. Coming up, we're going to hear what happened in Brownsburg last night with Rob. And also, Susan Beckwith is going to join us for our Friday edition of Mind Your Manners. But first, let's get into uh, what's been going on with Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates. These two. Oh, wow. It's a, a big, <laughs> big swinging, you know what contest uh-huh. between these guys. Okay, so there's been a lot of tensions between the two. Apparently, they got into a big fight behind closed doors. Oh. It's just another sign of the deep divisions and infighting that is happening with the uh, House GOP. And they're failing really to coalesce around a plan to avert a government shutdown.
2: But they're they're failing to coalesce because they're not and they never were serious about doing the things that they claimed they wanted to do. The Republicans, and we're about to get into this in the next segment, Mm -hmm. the party as a collective from the top down despite their platform saying they are, is not a party of low taxes or limited government. They believe, and they from time to time are proven correct, that you're a big enough sucker, Mm. to if they say it enough, that you'll believe it and keep voting for them. But the reality is, when it comes to spending, they are every bit as bad as the Democrats. It's just a different set of people that benefit. And so the whole plank of them running for re-election was... Inflation is out of control. Curbing government spending will stop this. And what have they done the entire nine months they've been in power, Casey? Spend, <laughs> spend money. Spend, yes. spend, spend. And, and, spend. So, and so Matt Gates is saying, wait a second, mm-hmm. and, and many others, but Matt Gates has kind of become the face of this. Yeah. You, Kevin McCarthy, made this promise because you wanted to be Speaker of the House power was so important to you and you knew you couldn't get it without promising spending controls and restraints we are here now to say we are we are here to cash that check Mm -hmm. we are demanding spending control and restraints and and because mccarthy doesn't want it and doesn't believe it and republicans for decades now have got away with lying to the american people he just went blank me blank
1: you. Do you remember when they were trying to get the vote for Kevin McCarthy to become Speaker of the House in a you know, 14th, 15th time, and there was that little sidebar meeting between Kevin McCarthy where he whispered something into Matt Gaetz's ear? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So curious about what he said to him. You
2: know what's wild is guys like um, Matt Gates fought so hard to get these guaranteed restraints, concessions in. And someone like Jim Banks just gave his vote away mm-hmm. 15 times, just gave the vote away, didn't get any of these things. We're having these discussions right now, even though ultimately Republicans often aren't winning because the leadership are liars. But at least we're having these conversations because people like Matt Gates fought for that. And Jim Banks, who's supposed to be this big, tough guy, just gave his vote away. Oh,
1: yeah, Kevin's great. He'll be fine. Apparently, this exchange between the two that allegedly happened behind closed doors uh, included an alleged F-bomb here and oh, there. Oh, well, we can't have that. And people storming out. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin McCarthy says that they're gearing up for the chamber to vote today on a stopgap bill. Of course. But again, with this, he appears to lack enough votes to pass it. So what uh, what happens if there's a government shutdown? Okay, well let's let's review this. This is kind of interesting. Will people still get their medi- Medicare and uh, Veterans benefits? Yeah. Social Security still going to go out on time? Yep. Student loan payments still do? Yep. Food benefits still going to go out? Yep. Yeah. Is the mail still going to be delivered? Yes. Will we still have commercial flights? Air traffic controllers, they're still going to be working? Yep. So, what is it really affecting? Okay, some services at the national parks will be down, like restrooms and the visitor centers. Yep. Yeah. And flood insurance. You may have to wait to get funding for your flood insurance.
2: And, and I come back to Casey, and the Republicans do this all the time they run on something, they win. So seemingly, if you ran on something and won, how could you possibly be punished for doing the thing that you ran on? And yet Republicans get in office and they go, oh, well, everybody's going to be really mad at us if we shut the government down. People elected you to stop spending money. People elected you to get inflation under control. Mm -hmm. People elected you to rein in the out-of-control government. And you're there, and then you go, well, people might be mad at us if we do the thing we said we were going to do when we ran and won. I have never understood this case That's
1: what you're there for.
2: I have – having been there and had these conversations as an elected person and – People would all the time say, you didn't really mean that, did you? Yeah, hell yes, I meant it. That's why I said it. I I won. Uh, In this case, they won.
1: So Gates is talking about what it would take to avoid the government shutdown. And he says it right here. This is very telling. It's very quick. You have to listen carefully. He says, we want to be able to say. That's it. They want to be able to say that they tried, not that they did it, not that they accomplished anything, but they want the ability to say,
2: we tried.
0: At most, if he decides to go along party lines, and include conservative proposals
2: in there. And then there's the warning that if he does cut a deal with Democrats, that could be enough to push him out of the speakership. A number of Republicans on the far right have made that very clear to me and have made that clear publicly that they will not accept that. So I had a chance to ask Speaker McCarthy this question just moments ago, whether or not he is not cutting a deal with Democrats, because he's worried if he did that, it would push him out of the speakership. How much is the fact that if you do cut a deal with Democrats, there could be a vote to push you out, well, how much I'm is that not, driving I'm your decision-making doing, right nothing now? Nothing drives my decision. If that was driving my decision, wouldn't that dri- driven my decision-making 15 times before? My, but you, you could have
0: cut a deal with Democrats, and that could be the end of it. Did I votes. cut a deal then? No, so it could did be I, over Did over I cut a deal then? When, when? For the, when I went 15 rounds? No, I'm talking about right making, now. For the, okay, but, 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 but let, me, let me explain something to you.
2: I'm no different than I was then or before. My whole focus, what's in my mind,
0: what drives me, is the American people. Okay. I'm not worried if someone makes a Sure. Yeah,
2: you know, Casey, I, you know you know. he sounds like? He sounds exactly like Holcomb did yesterday when they asked him about, do you have any regrets during COVID? No regrets. It, yeah. I sleep well at yeah. night. It's the same thing. You're like, yeah, you know, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. Ah, you know. Da, 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 da. These people don't care at all all about the issues they promised to solve. They don't care at all.
1: Okay, so if the government does shut down, it's going to happen at 12.01 on Sunday if Congress doesn't come to some sort the, of agreement.
2: This would be the perfect time to shut the government down, Casey, because there's no election going on. There's People are not going to... You can't even remember what happened three days ago. You think, what would that be? What are they, 14, 14 months from now, people are going to be like, well... Back in October of last year, the Republicans did what they promised us they were going to do, mm-hmm. and they cut spending. F those guys! No, this is the perfect time to do it if you actually wanted to get spending under control. But they don't.
1: Pandemic outside. Do you remember the last time the government shut down? Do you remember when it happened?
2: Uh, boy, I remember there was one in 2013. Mm-hmm. Was that it? Nope. Okay. There was one since then. It was, it was Trump. For, yes. Trump was president. It, it and Trump was for, caved. A, yep, it yeah, was for right. about
1: a month yeah. in December of 2019. That's
2: right. Trump, Trump caved and they were doing real good. And then he gave in. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yes.
1: Okay. So here's Matt Gates. Uh, this is from a few days ago, but it got lost in all of the debate shuffle, but I thought it was kind of funny. Somebody got creative and I'm here for it. So I wanted to play it for you. He's introduced an amendment that will ensure no more money going to Ukraine. And it's a, a clip of him talking about how bad inflation is and inflation is so bad in fact that senators are bribed with gold bars instead of money of course this is a, <laughs> a nod to the trouble that bob menendez is oh going through but here it
2: is we are devaluing American money so rapidly that in America today, you can't even bribe Democrat senators with cash alone. You need to bring gold bars to get the job done just so that the bribes hold value. <laughs> I
1: think it's kind of funny. All right, let's talk about this new poll that came out. It says 79% of Republicans in Iowa are considering candidates other than. Than Trump, what percentage? Seventy-nine percent. Well,
2: that's interesting. Of okay.
1: Republicans.
2: Okay, so we've talked about this. People say, "Well, what is the path? How could Trump not win?" Iowa is a different ball game. Now, does that mean we don't think Trump's going to win? No, Trump is still probably going to win. He probably, you know, barged something unforeseen. With but with Trump, who knows? He is the very likely Republican nominee for president. However. Iowa is a different ballgame because they caucus, they don't vote like we do here in Indiana. And that means whoever someone's second choice is relevant, mm-hmm. getting people to go in the middle of the night on in, in, in the winter it plays a part of it. The passion of your supporters, getting people to stay, it's an hours long thing. So it is a different animal, which is why you see, I mean, who was the guy? Uh, used to be a senator from Pennsylvania, Santorum, Rick Santorum. Uh, I always think of Rick Santelli, the guy who worked for the TV station. But Rick Santorum won Iowa in, what was that? Was that 2012 or 2008? One of those years. And it was like, how in the world did that happen? Because it is about the passion of your supporters, their ability to stay, and their ability to show up.
1: Okay, well, here's an Iowa voter who's ripping on Donald Trump for refusing to debate. I think it's disrespectful that he didn't come to um, try to earn Iowans votes because so many people's votes are still up for grabs here in Iowa. And so not coming to um, try to earn that with the other candidates, I think, is a sign of disrespect. And I don't think he earned anyone's vote by not coming. But would him being on that debate stage really have turned her opinion?
2: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't I'm not sure how anybody's opinion could have been turned other than negatively about people on that debate stage Mm -hmm. on. Uh, what, what night was that? Was that Wednesday, Wednesday Wednesday night? Yeah. But it does underscore the need for them to get the debate stage in order because no one's getting anything out of seven or eight people just shouting uh, over each other. So, uh, look, Iowa, I think, is still wide open now. Does that mean just because someone somehow magically wins Iowa? Oh, my gosh, they're the person and Trump's done. No, of course not. But if there was one state where you would say, hey, this state could upset everything and somebody you're not predicting could be the winner. I think Iowa is is the. The is the place.
1: Did you see the news about Virginia's uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin saying that he has not completely ruled oh, out geez. a run for president? He could be a oh, shocking late entry of course, into the presidential of race. Course. It's it, like uh, some of the guys can't even uh, get on the debate stage who want to be there, and now there's this guy who's saying, "But wait." I might decide to run at the last Casey, minute. What, does he have until October 15th? Is that it? Of
2: course he did. Because, well, he hasn't even done one term yet, Casey. So, like, why wouldn't he think, even though he promised people he wanted to be governor, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he absolutely just go ahead and run for president?
1: Well, he said people are desperately oh, trying yes. to draft him to take oh, on Donald Trump. No, like, no, Glenn Young can <laughs> save us. No, like, nothing
2: says I'm full of crap. Like, people desperately want me to do they this. They
1: want me to do It's not me that wants to do it yep. other people need me to do this for them
2: all right Casey yep. uh, I had a wild and wacky event last night uh and it is a you know <laughs> and we're
1: not talking about the 1 a.m Ryder Cup watching no
2: I uh you know to, well, coming back it's going to be a teachable moment about uh bad government and uh people were well rather mean to me last night and you know, when people get a little loose with the truth, we like to make those people famous, and if we can use their own words to do it, well, we we do that, and and uh, we're going to make an example of someone when we come back.
0: It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob two hundred milligrams at kisqali dot and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Minutes after 11, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you, Kylan, for doing such a wonderful job of producing today in Kevin's absence. Rob Kendall, you were busy last night. Oh, my gosh. You must uh, be tuckered out today.
2: I can't tell you what an honor it is to know the amount of people who just sit around obsessing about me. (laughs) And it's so weird because I have no power over anyone. And we we have talked about this many times, the obsession of this show and with both of us. And the obsession is that we exist because we exist and we don't like any of these people. And so we tell our audience the truth about whatever the topic is. And we work at a place where we have enough free reign by our bosses to talk about things that are interesting to us. And the reason we can talk about things like local government and get away with it is because we make it entertaining and apply it to the masses. So some guy in Greenwood is gonna hear about something going on on the west side of Indianapolis, and we're gonna tell Greenwood guy why you need to wake up and pay attention because if it's happening here, it's probably happening to you. And these people that are invested in certain things happening in the government for the betterment of themselves, well, they just hate that.
1: And isn't it interesting, the betterment of themselves, how it starts at this level and goes
2: all the way to the top? And this is what we talk about. The local governments are the training ground for the, you know, what become the, uh, you know, professional politicians, right? They start there, city councils, town councils, school boards, and they work their way up. And so when we do this next segment here, pay attention. It's the community I live in, but it's, I guarantee you something very similar is happening where you live. And this is why our country's going broke. And this is why your property taxes are out of control. Mm. And this is why you keep getting screwed. All right. Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Now, remember a couple weeks ago, I said, to, you know, I've been fighting this uh, city of Atlantis. They're planning on building <laughs> in in Brownsburg. The
1: aquatic center. Yes,
2: that's correct. Uh-huh. Uh, they're Very high IQ people are planning on building it next to the town sewage plant. Yeah. And uh, in the process of that, I happened to be at the meeting, and they passed the first budget for the town. Now, this is an almost $80 million budget, Casey, which is a staggering amount of money for a town of 30,000 people. I mean, it's a colossally disgusting amount of money. And in it, the town manager said, well, we're going to raise the tax rate by roughly 5%. And of course, I did what I do, which is walked up there and said, well, that's really interesting because there's five Republicans up here. And I thought you guys are supposed to be the party of low taxes mm-hmm. and limited government. Yep. And, um, you know, boy, I can't wait to tell everybody, including the one guy who's up for re-election, about how you plan on raising everybody's taxes by 5%. And on top of that, you're giving town employees 8% raises, which seems a bit excessive in a disastrous economy. Sure. So the, um, one of the people who are really going to benefit off of this are the uh, the fire uh, territory employees. And look, there are many, many fine people who probably work for the Brownsburg Fire Territory. Now, they have loathed me for a long time because, you know me, I'm for fiscal restraint and mm-hmm. making sure we do things that make sense for the taxpayer. So we go, me and the fire guys, we go way back, Casey. And so... They became very angry that one member of the council, now, conveniently, he just didn't make it to the meeting last night, It come out and said, oh, yeah, Rob's right. This is terrible. We're raising taxes. I'm going to vote against this. And so last night, Casey, I stroll myself into town hall there, and boy, I'll tell you what, it was, I've never been to the firefighters convention in downtown Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine there were any more firefighters at that convention than there were in that council room last night. You
1: had a lot of participants, Boy, huh? I'll
2: tell you what, if you have ever seen the Blues Brothers yeah. and the uh, end of the movie, the Blues Brothers, you know, where they're doing the concert for mm-hmm. to keep the orphanage open and the cops know they're there and there's just like a thousand cops at the concert, that that was what it was like, except it was for firefighters instead of instead of police officers. Now when
1: you walked in, now, did you think, oh my gosh, this is amazing. We're getting all of these more people that uh-huh. are engaged in sure. local
2: government. Uh no, because I've been through this before with these people, oh. and uh it's about them. Hmm. And them means it costs you money. Now, does it mean firefighters don't deserve a raise? No, absolutely not. Does it mean police officers don't deserve a raise? No, absolutely not. Eight percent is disgusting in this economy because the private sector who is paying for those raises, you, me, Kylan, everybody else, we are not getting 8% raises because we live in reality, which is we have to produce. And it is harder than ever before for one uh, profession after another to have to produce, except unless you're in the government because you take money by force. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing the past two weeks in town is Rob Kendall's lying about the tax increase. Even though the town manager said, here's the tax rate, it's going up 5%. Here's the corresponding graph. Oh, no, Rob doesn't know what he's talking about. Rob's a shock jock. Rob's doing this for ratings. Rob's misleading you, blah, 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 blah. So I'm looking around thinking, wow, all of these people came to this meeting tonight. This is this is." This is super exciting. Well, heck, gosh darn it, Casey. None of these people were at the last meeting. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I go to the meetings every two weeks and there's usually like 10 people here. So I was arrogant enough, Casey. And I look, this is a total indictment of me to think these people might be here because of me. (laughs) And Turns the, up they were. the very first speaker, Casey, wouldn't, you know, who won the pony, the very mm-hmm. first speaker in the citizens comments, we'll call him union boss guy. He's some high ranking guy in the fire union and the majority of his comments, Casey, mm-hmm. well, they were about me and he accused me of some really mean spirited things. Would you like to hear what he accused me of? Yes. Okay. Let's take a listen. Now I've heard all about this massive tax increase that, uh, is paying for these raises in this budget but i don't believe that to be actually be the case and i know the town is planning on giving a presentation on how this actually happens so i'll leave that up to mr jackson he is the financial professional but some of the misunderstanding may not uh may just be you know not understanding the system and i get it i'm not a tax lawyer i don't understand everything about the tax system but somewhat i also believe may be Uh, someone intentionally misleading information and that person knows better and I believe he's here just to put on a show tonight. I will ask you all to decide after listening to the presentation tonight. At that point is where I did my Kent Dorfman from Animal House. Mm-hmm.
1: Hello. Okay, so the intentionally misleading information yeah. that somebody, he was talking about.
2: Oh, here. yes, of course. And everybody okay. is, of course, then, you know, looking at me and mm-hmm. they know who they're talking about. And it, like, I love that. Did you feel the eyeballs on Oh, me? yeah. And after all these years, mm-hmm. Casey, like, they, people think they're going to, like, badmouth me into some sort of shame or they're going to, like, intimidate me. I've been rodeoing with these people for 11 years now, Casey. They should know better. But, hey. If you're going to make yourself look terrible, well, I'm going to walk right through that door. Keep in mind, Casey, I'm not in the government. I don't vote on anything. I don't have any power. I'm just a taxpayer in the town, mm-hmm. concerned about my property taxes. Yep. And these people are making it all about me. <laughs> You're the villain in this situation. So, now, what, what words did he use again about Intentionally me? Intentionally misleading yeah, t- information. That's correct. You,
1: it, you ought to know better. I ought to know he better. Also He's said.
2: right. I should know better, Casey, because I don't know if you know this, but I, at the time, wrote the largest, or helped pass, the largest municipal property tax uh, rate reduction in state history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Still may, stands. Uh, I believe so. No one is proven me otherwise, and uh, then we did reduce the tax rate for four straight years. That's never happened before, Uh, again, as far as I'm aware, in the town. Maybe somebody can, certainly not on the level we did. Mm -hmm. And so I do know a thing about the government. I do know a thing about taxes. I do know a thing about the community in which I live. And it's so insulting that this guy, who, by the way, admitted he doesn't live in Brownsburg, which is the best part of it all, the guy who doesn't live in Brownsburg is going to stand up on a stage in front of the entire community because it's available on the public internet airwaves Mm -hmm. and accuse me because everybody knows he's talking about of being deceptive or misleading or whatever it is nobody i'm here because i live here i help pay the salaries of the people that you don't have to help pay for because you don't live in this town and there is nothing worse than having somebody who doesn't live there tell me what i got to do with my money so remember i'm deceptive i'm misleading mm-hmm. yep. the town is totally going to clarify this later right yeah they're going to show how he you, you're
1: a shock jock right. you're exaggerating yeah. this isn't the way it is yeah
2: so the guy from the town gets up the budget guy mm-hmm. very respected guy worked in the state auditor's office for years I actually worked with him when he was there uh, above reproach in terms of his respectability and now they're talking about the levy which is a little different than the budget but they're all tied in together and it's what they're doing here tonight right okay so remember I'm deceptive, misleading, whatever the words were mm-hmm. that were you used. You ought to know better. I don't know better. And,
1: and, and clearly you're exaggerating and you're probably yeah. wrong.
2: So the budget guy would surely, surely confirm yeah. what union boss guy said, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Yep. Let's do it. And I've estimated that this adds 0.0226 to the tax rate for, per every $100 of assessed valuation. Mm-hmm. So that equates on estimation- to fifty-six to fifty-seven dollars to the annual tax bill for a two hundred fifty k house.
1: Oh, did you hear that, Casey? That's why right, your property taxes are going up almost sixty dollars.
2: Uh huh. If you live in a two hundred fifty thousand dollar house, which if, that's, if that's more, that's nothing be even these higher. days. I that's about the house I live in, and that's nothing, Casey. Mm-hmm. So for many people, it's hundred dollars, hundred and twenty dollars. Which whether it's one dollar or hundred twenty dollars or hundred fifty dollars, your taxes. are are going up. I was right. Mm -hmm. And do you think I got an apology afterwards? Do you think union boss guy came over and said, well, you know what, Rob, you're right. We just believe the taxes should be able to go up. No, in fact, you know what happened, Casey? No. The esteemed town manager essentially alluded to the fact that, well, the taxes went down last year. And they're kind of like too, you're basically saying your taxes are too low. So we got to raise them back up because they went down last year. So he wants
1: to be like a wash, a push, Uh, make it even.
2: Here's the deal, Casey. And this is happening in local governments all across this state these people are not your friends and look there are probably many fine people who are the day-to-day brownsburg firefighters and they work very hard but this is another example just like with the uaw Mm -hmm. where the union leadership is getting up there and it is that is a disgusting display to point out a guy who lives in the town who has an opinion which is factually supported by the town's own budget guy And instead of addressing and talking about the council who has the actual power, you want to pick a fight with a guy sitting in the back row. Why? Because he's got a radio show, he's got a social media following, and he's got the audacity to correctly tell the people what's going on. Now, of course, Casey, they passed the tax increase because they don't care. Because the Republicans are the party of big government and big spending. And I knew they were going to do that anyway. But I wanted to just... Put this out there for people Mm -hmm. to show if you speak up, it's not about you being right or wrong. They don't hate you because you're right or wrong. They hate you because you exist. This is what we talked about with the Defenders of Liberty the other night. The Republican Party and these special interest people inside the government, they hate your very existence. And they hate us because we have the platform to fight back and make these people famous.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 736 with Kendall and Casey on 93 W I B C. There's a new poll out that says more Republicans see Donald Trump as a person of faith rather than Mike Pence or even Mitt Romney. (laughs) I got to tell you, this probably really hurts Mike Pence's feelings. It has to, because this is a guy who leans on his religion, talks about it often and uses it out on the campaign trail.
2: He does. But. Okay, so I, I think I'm somewhat qualified to talk about this. It's been many, many years since I've had a single solitary conversation with Mike Pence, and I in no way mean to say, like, we used to hang out at the Bellagio together or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I did get to know him a little bit. Now, he was, a, I think, a markedly different person then than he is, is now, although I think a lot of the tenants were there. I think Mike Pence is a firm believer in his faith. Mm-hmm. I don't doubt his belief in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. I don't doubt his dedication to that faith. I don't doubt his dedication to living a life that morally in the sense of like faithfulness to his wife, et cetera, is above reproach. However, I saw another side of Mike Pence in the government in which I worked and there's no way he didn't know these things were going on that was very deceptive that was designed to protect himself above the taxpayers. And so just because someone, you know, he doesn't drink, he doesn't, he lives above reproach life of not being ever alone with a woman or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It all factors into the equation. And in terms of the government, Mike Pence has been a shifty deceptive person and he does not like to ever be called out on areas in which many people believe he is incorrect.
1: Well, he probably does not like this poll. It was conducted by Harris X for Deseret News. They asked voters which politicians they considered to be people of faith. Donald Trump got the top spot with 53 percent. Now, Mike Pence did come in second place, but I think. That's kind of interesting because if you think about it, Donald Trump, who's been divorced twice, he's in the middle of this lawsuit for paying alleged hush money yeah. to an adult star. He's been accused of uh, having inappropriate relations outside of the uh, marital bedroom. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, but yet still more people consider Trump a person of faith over Mike Pence, who is a very vocal
2: evangelical Christian sure but I've told this story before and we'll tell it again you know my the the uh final thing for me on who Mike Pence was well I shouldn't say final because I found it out more and more and more as I went along but I guess I'm sorry the let me say this the eye opening thing on exactly who Mike Pence was and I've told this story I have worked I worked for three state auditors in nine months and the first state auditor was appointed by Mike Pence And Mike Pence made that choice without doing proper vetting on his end or what the party deemed on their end. And the reasons don't matter. But the reality is he decided he didn't want that person anymore. Mm -hmm. And instead of owning it and saying, I made a mistake, you are not the person or do not have the skills I thought you did. I screwed up. The state party screwed up. He strong armed that guy, intimidated that guy who had no business being there to begin with. He strong-armed him, intimidated him into resigning. I was there when it happened. I was across the hall. And what did Mike Pence do when that guy announced his resignation? Instead of coming out and going, you know what? I made a mistake. I messed up. I appointed somebody for a reason, and it, it blew up in my face, and I was letting the people of the state down, and so I asked him to resign. This rests on me. You know what he did? He went out the next day to a gaggle full of reporters and said, I have no idea why He resigned you you need to ask he says it's personal and i'll leave it at that that's when i knew a whole bunch of the mike pence stuff is a big fat phony charade Mm. and i you know i we talked about this i've been keeping this stuff with me for a very long time casey and i'm glad mike's running so we can talk about my these are my experiences now there's a lot of people who may have had wonderful experiences with mike pence Mm -hmm. but you know what those experiences probably were not him being challenged Mm. You saw the look on the face of Mike Pence when he was challenged by Tucker Carlson, when there were boos in that audience. How dare you challenge me, Casey? How dare you push back against me? I'm the anointed one. I'm the guy that's been in the Congress. I'm the guy that's been the governor. I'm the guy that's been vice president. A total disconnect on how people could look at his stance on Ukraine and the arrogance and conceit with which he showed, told you, Who Mike pence was that day so
1: coming in third in this poll was Mitt romney who is a, a mormon and for the democrat side joe biden ranked as the top spot 63 <laughs> percent of voters say he is a person of faith but speaking of mike pence uh you know he was trying out a new routine on the debate stage this week and here's a little montage of his best jokes
0: joe biden doesn't belong on a picket line he belongs on the unemployment line <laughs> i'm glad vivek pulled out of his business deal in 2018 and China that must have been about the time you decided to start voting in presidential elections I, I served in Congress for 12 years although it seemed longer Chris you mentioned the president's situation i my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union but I got to admit I've I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years and um full disclosure
1: I'm sure that's not the one thing that he's going to want to be remembered for
0: Isn't
2: Wacky Pence just the best, Casey? (laughs) Isn't Wild and Wacky Pence just your favorite? So
1: much fun. 1142, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about these AI picks that show uh, Marilyn Monroe, what she (laughs) would look like in her 80s. Also Elvis Presley and Princess Diana is Uh, another
2: one. I think, and I've said this before, people like Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, et al., the thing about them while it's terrible they died young, they remain forever young. Exactly. You always picture Marilyn Monroe as this thing. You always picture Jimi Hendrix as the guy lighting the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, on fire on stage. And uh that is has endured them throughout time. You never saw them get old. They were always that thing. This was so shocking to see Marilyn Monroe at in her 80s or 90s or i mean i think she would be 98 now Mm -hmm. whatever she would have supposed now it's a guess of course you don't know what she have gained weight lost weight you you don't know but to see it it's like oh my gosh yikes
1: yeah i mean so ai this is what ai thinks that these people would look like today and as you mentioned you never know they could gain weight they could lose weight um had they been sick at any point in their life as we see have seen with john fetterman Mm -hmm. that definitely changes your appearance and uh how you would look as you age but yeah it is interesting to see because in your mind's eye uh, Marilyn Monroe is forever young and smiling and beautiful and this picture they've got her face sagging and and she looks well She she's not smiling and happy she looks a little bit more uh, serious in the pictures. Well, wouldn't
2: you at 98, Casey, <laughs> wouldn't you be serious about life at 98? Serious?
1: No, I'd be smiling that I made it that long. Hey, uh, before we turn it over to Susan Beckwith with our uh, Mind Your Manners segment for this week, we're going to talk about etiquette with oh. things to tell your son. Did you hear about this George Washington letter? It was written in 1977. He says, God in heaven. You mean 1777? Back- 1770. 1777. Saying, look, you're I'm correct. I'm calling fraud here, Casey. <laughs> no, you're right. 1777. Uh, Uh, The letter, he says, God in heaven back American independence. And it is now for sale for the first time being valued at $275,000.
2: Well, your man loves collectibles. He should get in on that.
1: I would definitely think that American history would seem more intrinsic and valuable than, say, sports memorabilia.
2: Jim, this is a great investment piece.
1: You know who would love this is Ethan Hatcher.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: I don't think Ethan Hatcher has $275,000 in his back pocket. But you
2: do, and you could totally gift that to Ethan this Christmas. I
1: do not. All right, Susan Beckwith is next on
0: 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It was live
2: on Friday. He pulled out of the dark. He was tall
1: and handsome. IBCW, IBC, it is the Kendall they and show. And Rob, you know it's Friday. Whatever. And you know what that means.
2: Yes, it is time to take our audience into the weekend and help them become more decent members of society. And boy, do we know you people need some help. And so we... Well, normally we'd say we have a guy. Mm-hmm. In this no. case, we have a girl. We have we have a woman. We have a, yes. That's thank you, Casey. Yes, thank oh, you. a beautiful I, woman at that. I, uh, I inside appre- and out. I appreciate that passive aggressive response right there. <laughs> uh, yes, she's a former Miss Indiana. She has a very fabulous etiquette blog, Bell of the Midwest. Susan Beckwith is her name. Susan joins us on the WIBC hotline. Susan, what in the world are we learning about today?
3: Well, yesterday was National Suns Day. Which is, I that that so is that a
2: thing? Is that made up? That just sounds like a Hallmark thing. Is that a real thing?
3: I knew you- going to say that rob and i understand that sentiment i really do there was national daughter's day but i will say for those that are kind of not a fan as somebody that just recently lost a loved one i feel like any opportunity even if it's cheesy or made up Mm -hmm. it's a great chance just to celebrate the ones around us so yes i acknowledged it and uh, ended up writing a blog piece about 10 etiquette tips that are really good to share Uh. with your son
2: All right, uh, right out of the gate. The floor is yours. Number one, go.
3: All right, well, we won't have time to cover all of these, but we're going to hit some key ones. And this one we've talked about before, but it's so critical, and that is really prioritizing your body language. So Jordan Peterson even said it in his great book about um, 12 Rules for Life, you know, stand up straight with your shoulders back. So Mm -hmm. we've talked about posture before, but even more so than that, really instilling good eye contact and a firm handshake, you know, when um, you're training up your, your little guy is so important.
1: Raising strong men crucial in uh, in the well being of society, and uh, so we want them to present themselves well. That's what you're saying.
3: Yes, absolutely. Is this and like that's the, such is an it, easy thing to do. You know, I mean, those seem so basic, but they can really. I, I mean, how do you guys feel when you shake somebody's hand and it's like limp? Ew.
2: <laughs> well, I, look here. Here's my question: Is this like the same sort of posture we're talking about with the soup that we talked about last week? Is this the same sort of thing? <laughs>
3: Oh, just stand up, keep oh. your shoulders. I mean, when you're all hunched over mm-hmm. and, you know, it does communicate a message. So if you are, you know, have your shoulders back, you're standing up straight, it just portrays confidence.
1: Yeah, confidence. Okay, what else do we have?
3: All right. So, again, basic ones, but these are really good to start at a very early age, that please and thank you. You know, being sure that you are encouraging them to express gratitude, even for the simplest of gestures. So that's an easy one, one that we really worked hard on with our kiddos, and I feel like uh, they do a pretty good job
2: uh susan back with our guest it's our mind your manners segment we end each friday with the the very fabulous former miss indiana this week uh the the etiquette the lessons to get you into the weekend and really through life in general is about lessons for your son because well susan has fallen victim to the fake phony uh, hallmark holiday that is national (laughs) Sons day all right susan what's next
3: Okay, we touched on this a couple weeks ago, but really hat etiquette, so many of the rules apply specifically to men, and so making sure that um, you're your son knows what that etiquette is as far as when to remove it, you know, simply as far as being indoors mm-hmm. while praying, um, during introductions, uh, especially during the national anthem, and when we see the flag pass by in a parade. Those are all good things to make sure that they know from the get-go.
1: Sometimes with little guys, it's hard for them to keep the hat on, and you're saying <laughs> teach them as well when it's proper to take it off.
3: Yes. And, and, but, you know, both. But I feel like my son, he loves to wear a hat. I think because he sees Micah wear one so often. And so, uh Yes, but you know, just making sure that they know what's respectful when it comes to wearing your hat.
2: Susan, I want to tell you this, the profound impact you're having on my life. Uh, I went to the uh, Brownsburg Town Council meeting last night uh, to discuss the massive tax increase that they're in the process of passing. As usual, I was ignored in the order in which I was received, and uh, that's neither here nor there. But I did not wear my hat last night because of our conversation, and I uh, am having far more respect for my government than they have for for me but i wanted to let you know i did not wear my hat last night because you told me that was the wrong thing to do because it's indoors
3: that makes me so happy i am so glad that you are learning some things from uh, all of these great little review sessions
2: <laughs> yes uh and it, based on the uh way they behaved last night i should have worn a hat that told them they were number one all
3: right what else <laughs> on the
2: list of things to teach our son sons plural go ahead susan
3: Okay, now this next one is kind of contingent on how old your son is. Oh. I still have um, pretty young. My son is six. So as far as a safety concern, I feel like we would just try to, Michael would just try to model this one, but that it's actually proper for the gentleman to walk on the outside, closest to the road, yes. to really protect ladies. lady. So if you have a really young little guy, just modeling it would be good, but as he gets older, that that's, you know, pointing out that that gesture is, uh, demonstrates you know, just consideration and and protection and all those gentlemanly things.
2: Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. I have done that multiple times. My wife likes to walk on the inside when we are going for walks, Mm -hmm. and she will look at me like, What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm protecting you. That's right. And she looks at me so weird. So thank you, Susan. She loves you. So maybe she'll listen to you that I'm doing something that I'm supposed to be doing. You didn't even know you were experiencing proper etiquette. I knew that I was supposed to be protecting my wife and my baby, though. And she looked at me like, I want to walk here. Doesn't matter what you want to do, woman. I'm (laughs) the man. I'm in charge of this household. All right, Susan, one last one.
3: Okay. Yes. All right. So this one I feel like is for the little guys and the big guys. But just again, I still see it. I feel like we even struggle with it sometimes. But making sure that screens are powered off when you're at the table, during meetings, during class, you know, and really when you're having a conversation with others, because when you don't, it really does show a lack of respect.
2: Okay, before we let you go, tell us about your very fabulous Bell of the Midwest website and Facebook page.
3: Well, it was so timely that National Sons Day did happen, and this blog post came about because I heard from a listener, which truly made my day, and it was a a father basically saying how much he really wanted to make sure that they were doing everything they could to model good manners to their son. Was there anything that they could be doing further? So I love to hear from you. So I had somebody else reach out with a fashion question last week, so I absolutely love it. So please reach out if you have um, any question of the sort, social etiquette, fashion, related uh you, you can check out my blog for lots of good um topics there's i mean it really spans the gamut and uh, of course i'd love to join you so if you ever have an event coming up where you need a guest speaker to talk social etiquette i'm your gal
2: susan beckwith bell of the Midwest.com. thank you you're the best
1: Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And thank you for listening today. It's time for us to go. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kylan. And we will catch you back here
0: on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.